Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. God, who is that idiot? <laughs> Monty, I did want to ask because you're leading us somewhere, so I'm just going to see if you're, you're going to take us the whole way. Is this the last dance? I know everybody watched the last dance with Michael Jordan and okay, they won the championship. Look, all stories don't have happy endings. And I think the first piece of this or the most important piece of this quote unquote last dance starts with Draymond Green. Do you think he opts in? What what happens there at the end of the season? Well, I, I think there's two issues that will determine that. And Draymond is one of them. The other is Bob Myers. And, and I think if, if Draymond opts in, um, you know, that means that they'll give it another run. But I think Draymond, whether he opts in or not, I think how this season plays out will have, will be a, a huge factor in his decision. Now, with Bob Myers up front in the front office there, you know, he's, he can leave. He can, if he decides to leave and he just might, uh, that changes everything because the Warriors have built themselves around the triumvirate of Bob Myers, Steph Curry, and Steve Kerr. If any one of those three guys leaves, the whole dynamic changes. Everything changes. And so, and the other two guys, all three of those guys know that, that if any one of them leaves, it changes everything. And Bob, you know, Bob has a tough job. I mean, Joe Lacob is not easy to work for at times. And so that's, to me, Bob's future being up in the air as it is now, you would think that after they won the surprise championship last year, that would have been the time to, you know, make amends. Hey, Bob, good job and give him a bump. Didn't happen. <laughs> Didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's some, I won't say nerves, but there is some concern within the Warriors that this could, this could be the last dance, that this could be it for them because not all three of those guys are, are guaranteed to come back last next year. And if Bob were to leave, I know Steve will be devastated, and I know Steph will be, uh, I don't know, he will be unhappy. <laughs> he will not like that. Yeah. And so that's why some pressure's on Joe to figure this thing out and, and decide what he wants to do because um, Bob is the guy who wants to, he, he grew up in the Bay Area. He likes being with the Warriors, but he also wants to be where, you know, wants to be, feel like he is being treated as well as he should be given what he has done in his job. Uh, define for us before we let you go what unhappy Stephen Curry is like and what unhappy Stephen Curry would do inside the building. Yeah. Um, Steph is a guy who I think Joe Lacob knows that he can't trade Steph. 
cannot. It, 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 you know, that, that, w- that won't go down with anybody in the building or out of the building. Um, that would be, you know, Lakers trading Kobe. <laughs> you know, you just, you don't do that. No matter what happens, that's a move you don't make. But do you, are you, do, do you want to risk alienating him? Alienating him? He did it once before, and it worked out okay in the end. When they, tra- when they fired Mark Jackson, there was some concern that, you know, Steph was pushing for Mark to keep Mark. And they went without him, and they, they, they defied his desires, and it worked out, and Steph rode along with it because he saw it working. Uh, so I think Steph will give anything that he, anything, a, a, attempt a chance to work, anything. Um, but again, th- I think he likes stability, and he's had it now for a long time. You know, he's had the same two teammates behind, at his side for the better part of a, for a decade now. He's had the same coach for eight years. And so, um, again, if, if, yeah, I think an unsettled Steph, I don't know what it'll look like, but it wouldn't be the same as a, as a step who's totally locked in, totally uh, vibing well with where the franchise is going. And finally, because I never stop this stuff, what would you think about a the Warriors getting in to the, the play-in, finishing sixth, and facing Sacramento in the first round? <laughs> Okay, a Warriors-Kings playoff would be fantastic for NorCal. It would be awesome. Uh, right now, simply put, the Kings are a better team. Uh, now, I think it, in the postseason, I think that could tilt the other way because, again, the Warriors, you know, their core knows the postseason better than any other core in the league. And that's, that's what they have going. That's their edge. That may or may not be enough, but that is their edge in the, once they get to the postseason. Um, but I think the Kings are on the rise. Their offense is really good. Their defense is not is not so good. So I don't think they'll make a, much of a playoff dent. But they have enough offense to scare somebody. And the Warriors right now, you know, I don't know who they're going to scare other than the fact that, you know, they are their history. And we've seen teams that can be really good one year or two years, or three years, or a long, a long time. And then suddenly they're not the same. You know, the, the Spurs were really, you know, a championship contender every year for a while, and then suddenly they were just another low-seed playoff team. And now they're a, they're a tank team. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm sorry, a rebuilding team. <laughs> so um, with the Warriors, yeah, I, I think a Warriors-Kings postseason would be awesome for NorCal for both fan bases because we've never seen it. We've never had it, and it, it would be a first. And and I, I personally, I would love to see it. Well, then, your mouth to God's ears, then. There Monty Poole from NBC Sports Bay Area, guy who's in the Warriors up to his neck. Monty, thanks for calling, and we'll bother you tomorrow. In fact, you know what? We'll bother you, you later tonight. We got nothing to do. <laughs> I'll talk to y'all later. All right. Kings Warriors. The Kings Warriors would be really entertaining. That is a team, and that I might be just being prisoner of the Warriors in the championship DNA. The Kings are a team, I would say, okay. I think the Warriors. And Monty said this, the Kings are a better team than the Warriors. The Warriors are going to win that matchup. At Pro- least that's what I believe. Yeah, probably. But every game would look like the NBA All-Star game. It, yes. <laughs> just no defense. Oh, none whatsoever. Yes. Just- now, I do think there are teams... Everybody feels, well, the what, the Warriors haven't lost the West, and they, they continue to say that. 
there are teams that could beat the Warriors. I just don't know that the Kings are one of them. They're new. I don't know from a closer perspective. I, and I'm not disrespecting De'Aaron Fox. I know Kyle Madsen might still be listening. but okay, oh, He's not listening. Trust me. <laughs> he doesn't listen when he's working. Here. That's true. That's true. But that would be really exciting. Yeah, I, 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 it would be hilarious because, mm-hmm. yes, the Warriors would be better than the Kings in a playoff situation. But I also think the Warriors... If they were good enough to get to the play, and it would it would mean that they've sorted out their stuff finally, mm-hmm. and I think they're better than Memphis too. I don't believe they're better than Denver. I think even at their best, I don't believe they're better than Denver because healthy. You talk Denver, about an All Star game. Neither of the, Denver doesn't play any defense either. No, but they play more defense than the Kings do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I just don't believe that. Well, one, they'd have no answer for Jokic. Zero. And unlike last year... He's not playing with... Yeah, they've got Murray, and they've got, you know... Well, they're Michael healthy. Porter Jr. Yeah, he's, got his, he's got his boys, and he probably has an axe to grind because he had to go up against the Warriors with... Jermichael Green was his number one of his number one kickout targets. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I, I don't know that you can get Nikola Jokic angry in that way. No. He'll just go, oh, okay, I guess I scored 30 a game when we weren't as good. Yeah. So I'll score 32 a game and have like nine more assists. Exactly. Now his but brothers, you, can get, help, you yeah. can get upset. Yes, but that's the other, that's the one team in the West I don't think they're as good at, even if everything's going right. What about the Clippers? Nah, I'm not buying that. Okay. Well, the Clippers, I mean, nice stint, but the idea that they're all going to play like this, number one, be on the court for the duration of a playoff run, highly unlikely to me. Yeah, well, they went out and got Russell Westbrook. They did. Case closed. <laughs> He's a facilitator, Ray. Yeah, of course he is. <laughs> He's facilitated his way to five teams in three years. That's true. Sometimes I forget he was on the Wizards, by the way. Yeah. By the way, that reminds me. If you haven't already, and if you have, I'm ashamed of you, make sure to subscribe to Damon Ratto on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your most miserable podcasts. We'll be back after this. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And 
sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Man, you're on a roll today. Every bit of music you've played has been gassed. Not a fan of Childish Gambino? Yeah, Ray, Ray, we can't disrespect Childish Gambino, also known as Donald Glover. Do you know who that is? I do know who that is. You watch Atlanta? I I may look (laughs) like the oldest white man in America. Not the oldest. I might be. But no, I, I know of him. All right. You're this is not my favorite song of his. Oh, well, then what is your favorite? I have several that are better. Okay. I mean, I, I could not name them because it's usually I'm when I'm in the car with mm-hmm. my daughter. Sure. She'll put it on and I'll just find stuff that I like. Got it. But I got don't it. have titles. I got gotcha. you. If I had played it, yes, this is one of the ones I like. Okay. Well, then I stand corrected. It's a great song. Thank you, Grandy. You're welcome. You're there a you lovely go. man and a disappointing woman. <laughs> Um, You're probably more of a Redbone guy, though, Ray. Let's be honest. If he heard it, he's got to hear it. Yeah, put it on. Yeah, put it on when we come back. No, put it on now. It's not like we're doing anything more important. <laughs> this is one of the yes. There you go. I've heard this a number of times. I like it. There you go. I wouldn't know it by title, but I do know it by by sound. There you go. So, so you're you're doing a great job, Mark. Thanks. Put yourself in for a raise. Either that or run out and get us both a beer. Because we can't do the rest of this thing sober. I just know it. We got it. Okay. Well. Just wait for the boat for that. You know what we got? Mm-hmm. We got a Warriors Wednesday brought to you by Friedman's Appliance, a trusted name since 1922. And you, even though you're just sitting there pretending to work, should visit Friedman'sAppliance.com today. In fact, visit it now. Because what are we going to talk about? Sure. Let me fire it up. You know what I thought was interesting? We were talking about Jokic before before the break. And there's now this weird sort of NBA Twitter mm. nutcase debate about whether he should be the MVP for a third straight year. Yeah. And it seems like the general consensus is he should be, but he's not good enough to be a three three successive year MVP. And that yet last year he shouldn't have been the MVP. MVP. Where are you sitting on this? MVP is the most confusing thing in sports. President's Day earlier, earlier this week, I was on with Larry Kruger, and we were talking about different things and and ideas and rules you would change if you had if you had the ability to change it in sports. I don't even know what I would do with the MVP, but I would find a way to have a pure MVP title that. Is the end all be all? Because right now, it, it literally, when you talk about moving goalposts, they do move not every year, but 
every couple years for MVP. Well, you have your team has to be good, but it can't be too good and not too good without you because then you're not MVP. But it can't stink because how can you be the MVP if your team stinks? I think the problem with Jokic is he is obviously not flashy. He is the worst, one of the worst all-star game players you could ever find because that's not what his game is. Oh, you, well, you we saw it Sunday. Well, I mean, we he, saw it. He, he played, what, 20 minutes, had four points. He just, yeah. he looked grossly out of place. That, that, is, that is not his game. Do I think he's he should have the, the three-time MVP? His numbers might say he should. Again, what is your criteria? And he's but if his if he has if he's playing as well as he did this year as he did last year, I think it I think it obviously shows he should have been MVP last year. I don't know what it does about MVP this year. And then you have people that just have the fatigue of picking the same player when you have a Joel Embiid who is he going to be bridesmaid for the rest of his career? I don't know. And Jokic I think I don't know if it was Stephen A or somebody was saying to be a three-time MVP and not have a, in this span and not have even gone to a finals. Sure, you could say that's a stain on it, but it also depends on your definition of MVP. It's not a stain if what was he last year, the sixth seed with guys that weren't his guys, right? Guys when that you fu- said he was the sixth seed, that's actually incredibly accurate, right? Yes, exactly. That, he was all there was, mm-hmm. and that's why we worry about. The, the Nuggets in the playoffs because Jokic was a handful by himself and he's kicking out kicking it out to guys at Bones Highland guys that you're not no disrespect to Bones Highland but guys that okay we'll live a bunch of we'll live with it guys well they disrespected Bones Highland because they moved him they did they did but, no I I mean to me it's well, one the definition of valuable is properly vague so that people like us can argue about it because mm-hmm. if the award was best player. Well, I mean, that sucks most of the drama out of the debate. But who would it be this year? That's my next question. Who, if not Jokic, should be that guy? Is it Embiid? You know, they're, they're, they're third in the East. Mm-hmm. They're probably not going to be first or second. Denver is first in the West. And it's a regular season award because they vote on it as soon as the regular season ends. But he won in, in the six seed last year, though. Yeah. So, but why why would that take away from Embiid being the three seed? Because I I think you you end up having to go down the rabbit hole mm-hmm. of what would the Sixers be without Embiid, and what would the Nuggets be without Jokic? Sure. And that's how I think most voters play this is they they construct an artificial scenario in which they can imagine what a team is when a guy who's really important to them isn't there right um and and then go from there which is why the award while fascinating sometimes is also so maddening because it's not about the best player who was the last guy to have three mvps who was the last guy to have three MVPs? I know this. I'm asking you because I think there's a point to be made here. Was it LeBron? No. Who was it? Larry Bird. Wow. That's how far back that is. And in two of those years, they won the championship. But Jordan never never won three in a row. Magic Johnson never won three in a row. Um, uh, Kareem never did. Um I think you might be right about voter fatigue about giving somebody it three three times in a, three in succession, but who would it be? Would it be Giannis Tatum? Maybe. Um, 
you know, I mean, I, there are more candidates, but I don't know that any of them are more compelling are more compelling candidates than than Jokic. Because I think what we saw this year is Jokic, with some support, mm-hmm. has either the first or second best team in the game. Right. And I, it, it fascinates me because the way people chew over this award, it's frustrating, but it makes the NBA very happy because otherwise it's not really a debate. And in fact, this is one of those rare years where not everybody has made up their mind yet. No. I mean, in, in the year that Russell Westbrook made it. I was just about to go to that. Well, well, people decided before Christmas, this is the guy. Mm-hmm. He's averaging a triple-double, therefore he must be it. And the year after that, because Harden probably had a better year, he was it mm-hmm. from the start. This year, I think there's more sort of debate about it. Not because Jokic isn't the leader, but because I think of that voter fatigue. It's just... He can't be the th- he can't be this for the third year in a row. Well, he he's, he can't be this for the third year in a row, and we don't even he hasn't been to a finals. I, I do think that that hurts him. Not not even just winning it to even go to one and going back to. I do think he fits in the same mold as what you talked about with Russell Westbrook and James Harden last year's MVP. He fit the mold of. I am the do-it-all guy, and I pulled my team wherever it is. Russell Westbrook did that. James Harden did that. And now Jokic. This year is a bit more confusing because he has help. And that has been the conversation. Obviously, it was more extreme with the Warriors when they had Kevin Durant. But it was the same idea. They have Steph and Kevin Durant can't win it because they have too much help. So you have to have a a certain amount of help. Not too much, not too little Last year, they gave it to Jokic, and maybe, if anything, that should have been Embiid last year. So I think because of voter fatigue or because of where you want the goalposts, out of these three years, Jokic, just because of what Embiid did last year specifically, less this year, even though he's balling this year too, I think the voter fatigue, it might just roll over. You know when you're watching a game and, oh, that was a makeup call. That wasn't really a charge, but that was a bad foul on the other end. If Even if it's not Embiid, this might be a makeup. Hey, we know Jokic. He, he played really well in this capacity. Last year, we gave it to him for that version of him. Well, you can't give it to Jokic for every... Even, I'm not saying you can't because he's playing well, but you can't give him an MVP for every version of him with help, without help, because... Historically, they haven't done that. It's been, if you don't have help, if you have a certain amount of help, it's been consistent. And he went from not having anybody to having his crew back. So people might feel, well, we we just gave it to him for not having anybody. Now we're going to give it to him because he has people. Not to say that he doesn't deserve it. No, no. I mean, yeah, his numbers are relatively the same. And the one big difference is the Nuggets last year at this this same time Mm -hmm. were eight games over 500. This year, they're 23 games over 500. And, yeah, a lot of that is help, but Jokic has not shown any signs of being any less a player than he was last year. Sure. Or any more important. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think I, as far as, I mean, award debates usually bore me, but this one's kind of interesting because it's all people arguing about the stuff that was in the rearview mirror. Yeah. More than anything else. It's, you can't give it to him three times. Well, why not? Because you can't. Yeah, but why not? Well, because you can't. And where are you going with that? 
debate. It's just it goes nowhere. It just yeah. You either you either are the guy or you're not. And I don't know who you would take who's better than him this year. I think it always depends on that definition of value. Because yeah. to that point, value Jokic is at the top of the list. Exactly. I, that's what I think. But yeah, yeah. What do you think of Sacramento? I mean, there are people in Sacramento listening to this, so mm -hmm. come off good. I think they're exciting. I think they are. I wouldn't say. I don't. I don't know if I would say ahead of schedule. I think that they're on. Oh, they're infinitely ahead of schedule. Yeah, yeah. They, I they, guess they, they haven't did the playoffs in a decade and a half. But that they're, would mean that you're always they, ahead of schedule. Then. Yeah. Oh no. Yo, they're infinite. Yes, they are indeed in ahead of schedule because. Their schedule for the last 12, 15 years has been finishing a proud 13th. Well, how, but I guess what I'm asking yeah. more than what do you think of them is, could you envision them as a conference finalist? Do you think they're good enough to do that yet? No. Because I'm going to be honest with you, because you said it. Who was I on with? I was on with Bonte in the morning roast. He said it. I know, and this is less about the Warriors and more about the team. I know the Grizzlies are immature and they're the, the gens I call them team Gen Z. I, I know that, but I do think that they're being a little bit undersold here. I don't know that they could beat the nuggets, but I would say the Grizzlies would get to a conference final before the Kings. Yeah. I, but you do mention the one thing that makes me a little skittish about Memphis mm -hmm. is that they were for Parts of that series against the Warriors last year, they were the better team. Mm -hmm. And then they, it's like they freaked out. Yeah. You know, Jaron Jackson was dominant in one game and then useless in the other. Uh, yeah, he, he's a head case. You, you, you don't know what version of the Grizzlies you're going to get. Jaron Jackson is way too important to that team to get off of the team bus or the team plane and already have four fouls. Yeah. They're not going to win games with him not on the floor. No, I mean, and, and yeah, John Morant got hurt and maybe the series is different otherwise, but. It it did feel like he was he was pushing uphill. I mean, because you couldn't guarantee what you were getting from Dylan Brooks. Desmond Bain was the only other guy that you could say, yeah, he and Morant are at their game. Yeah. And then when Morant went down, you just went, well, that's it. But how about this? I, I don't I don't think Sacramento couldn't beat them. Is my point. No, I think I think they could. But when you look at the the West as a whole, and you see how everybody is just on top of each other. Do you see that? Because obviously Adam Silver comes out and says, I think this is the most competitive that the NBA has been. Do you see the West and you see how close everybody is in the standings and think competitive? Or do you think mediocre, lackluster? Both. Because yeah. even eight mediocre teams will, you know, they'll make their own entertainment. It might not be elite entertainment. Yeah. But it will be entertainment. The the fact is, when Denver is your best team, with the limitations that they do have, the rest of the conference looks a little threadbare by comparison. We don't know what the Suns are going to be. We don't know what the Suns are going to be, but they went from being a team with pretty good depth to a team that has Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. And when he's healthy, Chris Paul. DeAndre Ayton? I don't know what to make of Ayton still. Because I thought this year he was going to come out guns blazing. Mm -hmm. And he didn't. And I don't know if it's because he's unhappy that he had to stay. 
And I found it interesting that they didn't move him at the deadline, which is what everybody thought was going to happen. Yeah. So I'm I'm a little confused by him, which is why I don't put him in the group. But they went from being a pretty well-balanced team with a lot of really useful parts to a Brooklyn-style super team. And most of the time, super teams don't work. They don't. Especially when they're cobbled together at the last minute. Like they, work, they work for the NBA in terms of, we're all going to talk about it, Yeah, but in terms of those teams actually hoisting the Larry O'Brien, it, it hasn't happened often. I wanted to get back Ray real quick to John Morant because I got something for you. I want to I want to see what you think of this take, all right? Does John Morant to me John Morant reminds me of a running quarterback. What do you think of that? Yeah, I don't think that's a bad analogy at all. You know, the Derrick Roses, the John Morants, exciting as heck when they're playing, but they're almost they're almost too athletic for their own body. They defy gravity almost too much and I don't know you can't play the same way they say that about running quarterbacks. You can't play like that forever. I don't think John Morant can play like that forever. Now, his three-point percentage, his shooting percentage has gone up. He loves a great floater game, but he does remind me of a running quarterback. And I'm not talking about a Patrick Mahomes scurry around. I'm talking about a Lamar Jackson-type running quarterback. Yeah. He is a very early Jason Kidd. Mm. And by that, I mean... Kid was a guy who thrived in chaos. Yeah. And he played at a pace that very often his teammates neither could match or fully understand. Mm -hmm. So he would confuse them often because he could he could do anything and he liked to do it at a f high rate of speed and he really came into his own only when he figured out how to govern his pace. Yeah. And I think that's what John Morant's next thing will be. Because I think his teammates follow him pace-wise, and it's not as good for them. No. You know, it just, it's at some point when you're a team leader, and John Morant is clearly that guy, you have to learn not only what your limitations are, you have to learn what your teammates' limitations are. And I think Memphis is better this year because they're a little slower. They're a little more controlled. Mm -hmm. Now, off the court, different debate. Who knows? But on the court... They're not as helter-skelter as they used to be. Yeah. Um, and because of that, they now have a discernible night-in and night-out style. I mean, you can get, you know, you can, they can lose with that style from time to time. But for the most part, they've gone from being a tough out to being a borderline elite team. It's, yeah, they're, they're immature. Yeah. But I think basketball-wise... They're a lot less immature than they were even a year ago. That, and that's why I'm not saying, look, the Warriors got bigger problems than the Grizzlies, honestly. They got to get to the Grizzlies in whatever capacity to be able to continue to have this conversation. I do think that these ball dominant players, call it Luka Ball or Jaw Ball, whatever the case may be, it just doesn't seem to work in the playoffs. And that's the one thing I will say. I mean, the Warriors, they seem to be the only team that is so married to that offense. And they have a star. And that's why the Warriors have had so much success because they have that offense. And then when things break down, you got yourself a Steph Curry. These other teams, I, it feels like I'm playing at, it feels like I'm watching a game after I've lost at the Y Ray and I'm and I'm annoyed because I gotta watch. It looks like that. Let's get the ball to our best player and he's either gonna drive and kick or get to the hole or get fouled or something like that. 
You know a good way to avoid that feeling? How is that? Don't go to the Y and play basketball. <laughs> Have you to. have a you have a couch in your home, right? I do. You have a remote in your hand. It's very nice. You have a drink right next to you. Typically, that's how you watch basketball. All right. I mean, exercise is incredibly overrated. Okay. You know, I'll keep that in mind. Heart rate should stay between comatose and sleepy. <laughs> and this is from years of experience. Okay. Now, sedentary I'm, I'm, life. Is, hold on, I'm jotting this down here. I'm okay. jotting this down. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. When you go to the Y and you're playing basketball mm -hmm. and you're with your pals and you know getting your heart rate up. Yeah. You're not helping yourself. Nah, not at all. Because if I lose, Ray, I, I look on this watch and it's I'm pretty upset, Ray. See, that's not, you know, why be upset about that? Unless you're betting on these games. Well, what's funny is it's not even the, the it's not even the working out piece. I get the same issue when I'm golfing because I'm I'm it, it'd be a bad day. And that doesn't even that's not even supposed to get you going. So you're just a type A. That that's that's the problem. Oh, see, well. Your wife will fix that, sure, because yeah. you'll type A one too many times. Okay, and then she'll start weighing down that pillowcase for your big sleep. <laughs> Hopefully not. And, well, no, I mean, at some point you'll do it, okay. you, and she will think seriously about it. Okay. And I don't even know your wife. She's, she's. I assume she's a lovely woman. Lovely. But you will come home mm -hmm. one day after you've shot ninety three or something. Okay. And you'll be in a foul mood, and you'll say something to her that she won't tolerate, but she'll bank it for later. Okay. She'll just sit there and go, okay, you get your free one today, but there will be a time, and I'm not going to tell you when it is, mm -hmm. but you're getting the burlap goodbye. Oh, man. Can't wait for that. Oh, I'm just, I'm trying to explain this. Yes. I mean, the only reason why I'm not dead yet, mm -hmm. one eye open. Okay. All right. This is great. I feel like I'm in class right now. Well, it's not a class you should want to pass. <laughs> uh, what was the other NBA thing? Oh. All-Star Game. The All-Star Game. Yeah. Lowest rating ever. Mm -hmm. uh, and people were fretting about, well, how do you save the All-Star Game? I'm not sure you can, mm -hmm. but I'm curious to know what you think. Because I think we are at a stage now in all sports, not just the NBA, where the fascinating part is finding out who got named to the team? Who got snubbed? And then, and then it ends, mm -hmm. and that's a one-day story, because I think people convinced themselves ahead of time that this was going to be a bad All-Star weekend, and they responded by not watching in droves. Right. And so I'm wondering if, while the All-Star game is not going away, whether it's just a, it's a permanent anachronism that you sort of have to endure rather than enjoy. Mm -hmm. I would say that. Number one, I was of the, I'm of the mindset that the Pro Bowl to me, my, there are a couple misses, but at least they were doing different things, and the Pro Bowl actually rated higher than the NBA All Star Game. So Adam Silver should be very upset about that. You have guys I, I don't even know they, they're just trying out new things. The Pro Bowl was they're playing flag football, but then here's the thing, Ray, you have them playing flag football, and you have Derek Carr, a guy who's looking. Not to say that anybody was looking watching it too seriously, but there was a bit of okay, Derek Carr, this is an opportunity for you. Take it with a great of salt you had some investment in it the the slam dunk version that they did with the catching that was a miss they got to work on that but again it was the same type of weekend nothing else going on and it held my attention nba all-star mac mcclung shout out mac mcclung you know played for the warriors for a little bit happy for him i would say this if i am the nba 
I would nix the game. Uh, we I've talked about do three on three. Everyone says do one on one, do three on three. These guys aren't, I, don't, I just don't think they're going to give effort. So I would say, if I'm Adam Silver, these are your options. We're either going to continue to play this game and you're going to give more effort. You can fire up, you know, Kobe's speech about the, the all-star game, or it's just going to be a fan fest weekend and you guys have to essentially sign autographs all weekend and talk with media and fans all weekend long. Then let's see who starts to give some effort. Yeah, I think it's going to take more than just cajoling. And I, I actually thought the high point of the All-Star weekend mm-hmm. was Damian Lillard winning the three-point contest. That, because That's the winner. Because he is the last great NBA anachronism. Hmm. Staying on a bad team just because I'm planting my flag here and then doing the one thing that other high-profile players wouldn't do, which is do the skills competition. And I just thought that's... That's very Oakland. That's very Damian Lillard, which is, I'll decide what's cool for me. Yeah, that's a good point. And I like that. Well, he's just appreciative. He's appreciative of the situation, whereas a lot of the other, the players now, hey, I'm here, and I should be here. I can do what I want. Yeah, I mean, I I like that. That said, I didn't watch it. (laughs) Um, But I will tell you what I did watch. I watched this piece of paper that tells me that we're presented by Fremont Bank, which is full-service banking, and no compromises. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Alan was nodding his head up and down at this tune, so it gets the stamp of approval. There you go. At least from Alan. Mm-hmm. Um... 448, and that means only one thing. It's a reminder that for all our best content and this, head to YouTube, search 95.7 The Game, and click subscribe. You'll see all of our shows live, or in this case, dead. The best interviews, the most interesting segments, behind-the-scenes content from the Warriors, and more. It's all on the 97, 95.7 The Game YouTube page. So subscribe, you fools. We're back. Uh-huh. And I don't know if you saw this today, but I was profoundly amused by the fact that the ratings for the first weekend of the new XFL, or as they're calling it, XFL 3.0, were 60% lower than the first weekend's ratings for XFL 2.0. Why that are they calling during- it that? Because it's the third incarnation of this stupid league. Why don't they just say it's the third season? Because uh, it's not really the third season. I mean, the first season was the was the Vince McMahon right. one, which was a hot mess. Yes. The second one, I don't even remember. I, I don't know if the Vince was still associated with that or not, because I didn't watch a minute of that either. Okay. And then I didn't watch a minute of this, but this is the Dwayne Johnson League. This is the Dwayne Johnson. But the second, was the second one Dwayne Johnson or no? I don't know that he got involved in 2020. Okay. Maybe I'm confusing it with 
Ballers on HBO. Yeah, maybe. He's <laughs> he's now a conglomerate. He's now the commissioner of three different things that, frankly, nobody cares And about. a superhero. So, you know, he's he's leaving his best life. You know, Ray, I caught some of the XFL over the weekend. Because okay. There's just, there's just nothing No, 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 no. Stop, stop. That's why your wife's going to smother you to death. problem? You know, I just had to see what it looked like. And? It wasn't great. No. Okay. When you say wasn't great, mm -hmm. are you are you making a standard comparing it to the NFL or comparing it to what you thought it would be? But here's my question, though. Back to you. You're not answering mine. It, what was your baseline for this? My baseline was, would I rather watch this or collegiate bowling? Which I will watch. Wichita State is a powerhouse. Okay. Was this better than <laughs> collegiate bowling? It's a toss-up. It's a toss-up a little bit. It's a toss-up between this and collegiate bowling. That, see, that game, set, and match for me. Yeah. And I'm not trying to dog collegiate bowling. I think, I think that'd be a hoot to watch. Mm -hmm. I haven't watched it either, but I only have so much RAM in my day. That's right. But if the XFL is no better than collegiate bowling, why are they bothering? Because the idea is, okay, in the NFL, we played... On Sundays, then we added Mondays. Now we've added Thursdays. And NFL is king, so they figure... I think what we're learning is that the NFL is king, not that any type of football is king. And they're learning yeah. it the hard way. Yeah. And this USFL, they're probably going to learn this, the same thing again. Well, they're going to learn... They're going to learn the same lesson that every startup league, except the American Football League in 1960, learned. Mm -hmm. People want to watch one thing. And the only reason why the AFL survived and got to merge with the NFL is because in 1960, you only got to watch two games a week on, you know, on one channel. Right. And there were only 12 teams. So there was no feeling that, God, we have all the football we could possibly use. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that helped was when it looked like the AFL was going to die after three years... NBC came in and propped them up for another five years. And with that, the games became more interesting. The, 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 the style of game was more sort of throw the ball downfield all the time, you know, run up some scores. Mm -hmm. And eventually they forced a merger with the NFL. But the NFL wasn't going to do that again. And every iteration since then has been crap football. Yeah. I guess... Crap football, and let me... I, let me Add this crap mm -hmm. football at a time when there were twenty eight teams in the NFL, not twelve. Yeah. Well, and I guess, I guess the question is, how much of it? Now, obviously, the NFL is a much better product, but how much of it also is the connection that you have to the teams versus the connections you don't have to? I, I can't. I can't even name one XFL team because I'll, I'll tell you this much, Ray. When I used to see those commercials back in the day, and obviously the commercials make things look really great, but the commercials, Ray, the, the San Jose Sabercats, it used to look pretty lit in San Jose for the Sabercats. It, it felt like they had at least you know, some sort of fan base for that Arena Football League. You don't think the ex, and I don't know if Arena Football, if they actually did numbers or if the commercials just looked really great, but do you not think that? It might just be too early and it couldn't grow at all once you have, oh, my dad's, my dad used to take me to enter XFL football team name. And now I'm taking my kid to that. It's just too early, right? There are, there's so much nostalgia that's connected because not all 
NFL football is good football. How often do we complain about the teams on Thursday night and this is bad? And everybody complained a lot this year about how bad the primetime games were. But they still watched it. They still watched. And the truth is, the the AFL example I had, put teams largely in places that didn't have Mm. football. The XFL teams, St. Louis, they've had football there since... To the 60s, and they just lost it when the Rams fled. So right. they're used to football. It's not a big deal to them. Seattle has a team. Okay. Arlington, it's right next to Dallas. Um, Houston has an NFL team. D.C. has an NFL team. Vegas has an NFL team. Orlando, they have a team close enough. Tampa's not very far. Mm-hmm. And San Antonio's the only other place, and they've had teams in every one of those, you know, made-up leagues, yeah, and none of them have gotten any traction. So I think there's... I think the market is sated. I think everybody who wants and can afford an NFL team already has one. Yeah. And if you don't have one, you could still watch every game. And I think the other thing is a, a reason that the XFL might... And, I, and they're trying to do the timing thing, right? There's no football going on, and that is why... They think that this is the op- this is the opportunity for us because if you like football, you gotta watch something. But in terms of where these teams are located, you also have to remember college and how much people are in love with their college teams. Because I'm thinking, okay, well Alabama doesn't doesn't have an NFL team, but that nobody would go XFL in Alabama. No, we'll just wait for. We'd rather watch we'd rather watch the Alabama spring game than watch XFL. Oh, yeah, no, because college football as it now exists, which Mm -hmm. is the SEC, the Big 12, the Big 10. I don't even count the Pac-10 anymore. Come on. No, I I think losing USC and UCLA makes them so problematic as an existing thing that they're, they're hoping that Apple TV will pick up their games. Because nobody else will. Got a better shot now, though. Stanford might end up as part of the next round of expansion in the Big Ten. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know how how it's viable, you know, long-term. Mm-hmm. Because if you need if you need TV money to not be Conference USA, they're Conference USA. Yeah. Um, so, I think college football, as it's going to be defined from now on, is essentially the pro league, the, the NFL for the Southeast... Mm-hmm. And the upper Midwest, it just that you know, and the the upper Midwest has some pro teams, but you can't tell me that the Cincinnati Bengals or the Cleveland Browns are m- more important to that state than Ohio State. Really, I think Ohio State owns that state in ways that neither Cincinnati nor Cleveland can. Ray, yeah, Cleveland. I mean, I, I'm saying Cleveland. Not to I'm talking Cincinnati about the allegiance of the state. Yeah. Not, you know, their importance in the greater sporting diaspora. Sure. I could probably, sure. I mean... The Ohio State. Ohio State. <laughs> Win a championship. All right. Again, then, then start telling me about the Ohio... Is there another Ohio State that they're trying to separate from? Are they worried that people will confuse them for the Ohio Bobcats? It's possible. Mac football is, is all the rave. 
Mac, Mac football is good one day a week, and that's when they start playing on Tuesdays. That's right. The rest of it, it's they, they have to work hard to be Conference USA. The Ohio University. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A Ohio University. <laughs> um, no, but I, I, I find it amazing that people with money keep thinking that we can't get enough football when I suggest that we are getting enough football mm-hmm. and we are getting enough of it between elite college football and the NFL that there's not really any room in people's you know attention span for anything else. And I think that the XFL, the USFL, they're underselling the fact that people do need breaks, right? It's nice. The cycle of football doesn't end, but watching actual football that's not high level also isn't appealing. So everybody that loves the NFL right now, what are they doing? They're watching Todd McShay and getting ready for the draft. They're, they're getting st- ready for the combine. They're getting ready for the week. combine. So they're still filling that football void, but it doesn't have to be. They'd rather have not football, but associated with their team type football yeah. than watch random players. And nobody wants, that's why college hits the way it hits because they're on the way up. Nobody wants to watch Paxton Lynch and players that are on the way down and on the way out. That's just kind of depressing, no? Oh, no no question. I mean, and that's the thing. It's just the NFL has basically got control of all the best football players. Mm-hmm. And America, like most other places, uh, they operate on the theory of snob appeal. Right. I want to see the best players doing the best stuff. It's one of the reasons why soccer has made such big inroads mm-hmm. in the U.S. Not because the best players are here, but because you can now watch the best players as they're playing in Europe. Yeah. You, know, you can you can find you can find a, a soccer game almost every day of the week. And an elite soccer game with great players who do amazing things. And Americans will watch that. I mean, there's there's reasons to believe that it won't be too much further before soccer is a bigger sport in America than baseball. But and here's why. We've and, been and saying that for years. I though. know they've been saying it for years, but that's because in the past mm-hmm. they were giving us American soccer with American teams. And everybody who pays attention to soccer knows, no, nah, that's not the best stuff. Show us the best stuff. And it's not going to happen right away and it will not please me when it happens. But baseball's failure to engage a younger generation has allowed soccer to make inroads with young people that baseball's not doing and to a certain extent hockey isn't doing either and i think within 10 15 20 years long after i'm dead by the way to give everybody something to root for um i think that's going to happen i'll believe it when i see it i just i've just been hearing it for too long and look you know i you know i love my baseball ray you got the bat flips going now they're making baseball fun we'll see we'll see um by the way you're not gonna. You're gonna like this even better than the four o'clock break, because this is the five o'clock break. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.